and it burns as it wants is, is obviously not desirable. On the other hand, you might say that under the gold standard, the government has no interest to increase its indebtedness. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns about what would happen under the circumstances of gold standard. We, we just don't know. Because for 40 years, there was no shadow of gold standard. I mean, 1971, closing the gold window, and that's just pure fiat money system. Before that, money was had a, a tenuous link to gold, but not since 1971. Well, I suggest under gold, uh, and if the government is playing under the same rules, if they issue bonds after bonds after bonds, this will push down the price and bring up the interest rates. So it's in a way it's self-correcting. They're going to destroy the economy by doing this. And that's why it wasn't done. Mm -hmm. and the, the mechanism is there so they cannot abuse it. Mm -hmm. So they, of course, historically they said, no, no, we want to abuse it, let's get rid of the mechanism. Mm -hmm. So take out the teeth, take out the gold, and then you can start pushing the bonds without limit. Ben? A little follow up. Isn't the taxation still more direct? So, so we could expect the, the people to react more to taxation than to borrowing, and that's why, to my mind, taxation is preferable. Yep. They will vote the, vote the rascals out because there is no access to eye. But True. if it's hidden, yeah. then you don't know to vote them out. And, and it's like Switzerland, they can get a referendum and just say no. <coughs> Despite all the government. It's straightforward, unless they're hidden something. Again, coming back to uh, comparing what we have there in terms of gold standard world with what we have to live with. The framework for making investment decisions today is at the very base there is a thing called risk-free investment and that is the government bond and so that determines the risk-free level for interest rates. I'm not saying it's correct. I don't believe in risk-free but that's how investment decisions are made by the experts, the, the professionals, the investment industry. Would you say, Professor, that in your model, the equivalent, in your model, the equivalent of that risk-free interest rate is basically zero and is the gold in hand, the gold coin? The gold coin, yeah. yeah. I would. You would? Okay, thank you. <laughs> put an end to CAPM analysis overnight. Yeah, we need to, we need to rewrite it all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. The whole point is that. That's the only risk free asset. Risk -free. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you'd say this in a group of investors, investment managers, 
But isn't this very important date, 1971, where everything actually switches, where, where, where you start to, to think of gold as apparently a risky asset and this actually turns the whole world upside down? I mean, that's uh, a distortion. That's a uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, this is a distorted picture of the reality. There is a word for that. Um, optical illusion. No. It's an optical illusion. It's illusion. Because in reality, the same risk distribution exists when it's ghost and to say that uh, gold becomes a risky asset is, is uh, a mistake. Any more, Rudy? Well, the last thing about the risk-free risk free after gold. So get rid of gold and there's your risk free government bond. That's the very reason gold was pushed That's true. Oh, you could have the bill rate. That's why gold had to be removed. Because the government bond is promoted. It's the top risk free asset there exists. The, the, the discount rate upon real bills could be the next step above the gold coin itself in terms of a yes. risk-free risk -free rate. Does that have to be gotten rid of as well? Yes. There you go. Yes. Uh, here's something else. Oh, go ahead. Professor Fekete, but it's all economics, but at the same time, because of the nature of gold, it's political. We're trying to restrict the power of these ruthless people to try to do whatever they want being voted by the same people. They're trying to destroy their voters. Gold is highly political, I want to say. Now, here's something else. There are these great endowments. For instance, universities have an endowment. Wealthy individuals leave a big chunk of money for the benefit of running that university, or a hospital, or a public library, or some such thing. It's very few people know that most of the German universities before World War I were operating on healthy endowment fund. I think there were only two universities in the whole country and a much bigger country than present-day Germany because Königsberg which today is called Kaliningrad. Kaliningrad was just a communist functionary, and it's, it's amazing that the world puts up with that. Not enough that they keep Kaliningrad, uh, 
which was a purely German city, there was no Russian. And it's now separate from the body of the country because there are the Baltic states. But that no international institute such as the United Nations would force the Russian Confederation to change the name of that city back to Koenig, historic Königsberg, you know, just like Leningrad was changed back to St. Petersburg. So, okay, that's not what I'm going to say. My point is that there are only two German universities in the whole German Empire prior to World War One, which uh, were government-run, government-funded. The rest of them, all of them, were endowed universities. And the two, which was government-run, one was Strasbourg and the other might have been Berlin, but I'm not sure about it. But I'm quite sure that the uh, University of Strasbourg was a government-financed university. And the other could have been Berlin. But only two, only two, the, all the others, and some of them excellent universities like, uh, like uh, Göttingen, or, well, you can, you can, Practically, they were all good. Now, what happened was, as a result of World War I, gold was removed and paper money was elevated, or government bonds were elevated, and they were the basis of the existence of these universities. Now, the entire endowment fund of these German universities wiped out, wiped out, because of the inflation, hyperinflation of 1922-23. So as a result, if there were new endowments, it would have to be government bonds, and in any case, Perhaps the endowment were not possible to replace in a short space of time. So all the universities had to be financed directly by the, the government. That's no good because whoever pays the piper will call the tunes. And if you give that much power to a government to finance all the universities, then it will be government priorities. So for example, the government can say, we are not going to give a penny or a penny to support research on Austrian economics. We've put all the pennies to back up Keynesian economics. And this is in fact, or something similar has happened, you know, 
So this is a terrible, a terrible subject. You see that the independent endowments of universities were wiped out way back in the early 1920s. You see. And now in the United States, you still have great universities which have independent funding. They have endowments. And you can go through the list. Harvard, Yale, uh, Ivy League uh, universities. But then again, on the West Coast, for instance, Stanford. Stanford is the name of uh, newspaper of uh, railway king. Right? Is that right? Or, or the, it's the son who died. Uh, the railway king had a son who died very young. And I don't know the story of Stanford, but I was going to say, even the private universities in the U.S. are on the government uh, and hospitals and other institutions of the type is, should not be a government job. It should be private. And once the government bonds appear in the bond market, you have this indirect influence from the government. And, and therefore, probably there's a very strong argument somehow to restrain the amount of or eliminate government bonds from the bond market. But I don't have a final opinion on that. I think it takes a lot more study and discussion to come up with an optimal answer. Any any more questions or comments? Well, if not, I suggest, because we still have something like 10 minutes, uh, there was something, there was already a, a very good discussion here, and originally I planned to have 
special lecture on this, but uh, partly because we had this discussion already, if, even if it wasn't exhaustive, and partly because uh, we have now this little bit of extra time, I could suggest this is a possible topic for further discussion. The title of the uh, lecture which I was planning to give, but now it seems to me there's no more point, is the Is there such a thing as the yield curve under the gold standard? Is there such a thing as a yield curve? We already, remember we had a good discussion one of the previous days? I was very pleased with that discussion. And I, but there, we could continue it for the next 10 minutes. So could you say a few words about what the yield curve is, so make yep. sure everybody... Um, so the yield, uh, the yield curve uh, gives the, um, the maturity profile of bonds of different duration and the, um, the limiting value of the yield curve is what's called the, the yield on a perpetuity. So you or have... Or console. Or console. And the, uh, the, the perpetuity only exists currently in the United Kingdom. So um, it's a purely um, theoretical concept. Well, not purely. Well, sorry. <laughs> practically theoretical <laughs> concept. Um, so what happens is you have a different interest maturity. rate. The horizontal axis is different Time. Time. maturities. Time. So you will have a, a yield curve where the limiting value comes asymptotically close to the yield on a perpetuity. So the question is... It would never be higher. Yeah always be lower, but for finance, maturity never reach the, this asymptotic, this horizontal. Actually, it's asymptotic also there, but in the other sense, because mm. you, you make it convex from below, but actually it's, it's like ah, more okay. like that. Uh, so. well, no, uh, there could be differences, but yeah. typi typical and normal yield curve is like that. Okay, so just ignore this because typically it's like that. Okay, what this means is that if you borrow for a shorter period of time, then the interest... The red light. Yeah, okay. I'll change the one. If you... Yeah, you can borrow for a shorter period of time at a lower rate of interest. And the reason for that 
should be pretty clear because the longer the period, the more risks are lurking around. And the shorter the period, fewer risks. So that should be reflected in the rate of interest and that leads to a yield curve. Now the question arises, under the gold standard, when I say no yield curve, I, I don't really mean that. I mean the yield curve is flat. It becomes just this asymptotic, uh, horizontal asymptote. This. Okay? So that's, uh, yeah, this is what you have to think. This yield curve can get flatter and flatter and flatter and flatter. This is even flatter, but it can be more flatter. And ultimately, in the limiting case, it becomes just this horizontal asymptote. Okay, and what we suggest is that the more perfect your gold standard is, the, the closer the yield curve moves to that extreme. Okay, so it's as flat as it can be. You cannot flatten it anymore. So that's the question we are asking. Would the yield curve be still in this range somewhere and then you would have to give reasons why it is that and not another one? Or would the yield curve under an ideal gold standard be this flat straight line? Now what we did in that discussion which I'm recalling is we introduced the concept remember what concept did we introduce? Concept of start with an S. Sinking fund. Okay. So ideally all those gold bonds which are being issued would have a sinking fund. Which means that the price, the market price of the bond would be stabilized by the actions of the sinking fund manager. If there, there is a, a price of the bond, the face value, and we use the language at par. So the value of the bond at par is the face value, market value. You see, we are between zero years and 30 years somewhere. And there is this gold bond in the market, bought and sold, you see, and the question is what will its price be? And we suggest that the sinking fund 
is an instrument which can stabilize the price of the gold bond. And if they are competing corporations which borrow to finance their operation or expansion or what have you, then they try to, oh yeah, and this bond price corresponds to a interest rate by the seesaw, okay? And when there is competition, meaningful competition between corporations, then there is going to be a price or a pair of prices for the floor and the ceiling. Okay? And if that's the case, then the yield curve disappears, meaning that it became absolutely flat. And it's good for the corporation to have a sinking fund on, on its gold bonds. And of course, it's very good to the economy to have a fixed uh, rate of interest. So that's what we were talking about. Now, <laughs> still four minutes left. Any, any input? Really uh, under the gold standard, you don't start at zero maturity, you start at 90 days, a quarter of a year, because that little tiny bit at the beginning is in the real bills market. So that makes this flatter as well. Gold bonds separately do not in the same curve, in my opinion. Well, not necessarily for non-goods. If you need to borrow money for any purpose other than consumer good and urgent demand, it's a bond, not a, not a bill. I was going to say two things on this, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm really convinced about this. One is, is that there's no arbitrage allowed on the yield curve itself. Oh, yeah, that's very important. So without arbitrage on the yield curve, um, I'm not quite seeing how it evens out. But from a, uh, if a, if a present good is worth more, if a bird in the hand is worth more than two in the bush, and there has to be some sort of slope to that curve, even if it's a lot less than it is now. I'll certainly accept that because it's being paid in gold. There's got to be some sort of slope there, and the sinking fund is not going to be able to keep a 30-year bond at the same price as a as a 60-day bond. There's got to be some tilt to that, even if it's very compressed. Just my just my opinion on that. So you come down on the side that there will still be a yield curve under an ideal gold standard. Right, because as, as an investor, if I could get the same interest rate, so let's think of it, so, so let's say I'm going to do a 10. I deposit my weekly wage into the bank, and I have a choice between a demand deposit, which, pay, which can't pay anything because that can't be worth, you know, it's only going to be bills. I have a 90-day CD, I have a one-year CD, a five-year CD, a 10-year CD, and a 30-year CD. CD. A certificate of deposit, a time deposit in the United States. And, and all of these have exactly the same interest rate. I'll say, well, I'll take the 90-day CD. Why would I take 30 years unless I was rewarded? What harm would that do? 
the money will go into the 90-day CD until the interest rate on 90 days is lower than the yeah. interest. Yeah, but if if it's even now, you, you see, this is just one aspect of it. the uh, uh, the sinking fund. But there there might be other similar instruments, the presence of which evens out all of it. I mean, let's emphasize the word ideal. I'm not saying this would happen to a normal, but ideal. Is it, it's not inconceivable that all interest rates are the same. But again, if you borrow for different purposes, right? You borrow for expansion of operations, or this, or this, or this, and then the venture capitalists come in. It's it's no contradiction. I mean, the venture capitalist is not going to uh, double in gold bonds. So that's there will be compartments in the economy where the financing of different projects might just necessitate a different interest rate. So, but by and large, borrowing the way as corporations do, the interest rate will be independent of the maturity. That's not inconceivable. I don't think there's any harm done, you know. I, I agree, actually, with, uh, in an ideal world where uh, every bond issuer maintains the sinking fund, always. Uh, yes. But that's... Uh, that's on another planet. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that this is a cotton.